Today on AM to DM, we are talking all things impeachment, and then Alex and I are sitting down with Sky Jackson. We will see you on the timeline. Good morning, Twitter. I'm Alex Berg, he's Zach Stafford, and you are watching AM to DM. And here's a treat from Crane Movies. We are not in Hawkins anymore. Are you ready for Stranger Things 4? Mercury tweeted, this is me after watching that goddamn teaser for Stranger Things 4. <laughs> and like, that is actually That was me. literally that Alex was running through the newsroom. <laughs> like, oh my God, the show that Zach does not watch is coming back, because I have no idea what's okay, going on. Okay, so let me just get you a little bit caught up. Please. Um, the funny thing about this trailer is it actually doesn't really give us that much other than the Stranger Things uh, text on top of uh, a little bit of a scene. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people love this show just because they feel like we're so invested in the characters, in like the 80s, nostalgia of it all. Um, and last, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away, even though I think that like there is no reason for me to spoil this. If you this, haven't this seen it If yet. you haven't seen it, it's, it's, it's on well. you. Um, there were some uh, beloved characters who left us who appear to be coming back for season four. Like from the dead? Yes. So okay. perhaps so ghosts, yes. zombies. <laughs> not exa not exactly that, but um, but it's exciting news because the Duffer Brothers also have penned this multi-year plan with Netflix. So Amazing. not only are we going to get season four, but we'll also be getting um more of their content for years to come. Oh my god! And this isn't the final season because I know it's Netflix not. has been really into announcing finals lately, but this yeah. is not it. Well, that's such uh, an on-point observation because, indeed, Netflix has announced a couple of other shows that were having their final seasons. Um, like Glow, like mm. they announced it was getting another season, but um, that it would be the final. And they haven't said that this one is the final, but oh. they haven't not said that this one is the final. So I think uh, there are some projections that it'll be out in 2021. Okay. I guess, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Well, if the world is then around then, then I'm excited for those people. <laughs> yes. Well, the other thing that made me excited about this is it feels very much like they knew we were into embracing mm -hmm. October and all things Halloween mm. and Stranger Things. Like you've heard the intro music at least, yeah, it's right? Very spooky. Yeah, it's very spooky. Yeah, so I, I thought was it was like, the scary show. It is kind of yeah. scary. Yeah, it is kind of spooky vibe. So I was like, at least give me that little like October mood mm -hmm. to work with. Okay. Yeah. Well, Stranger Things stands, I want to hear from you. What are you most excited for in season four? Tweet us using the hashtag AM2. Robin, better be back and. I better school you on who Robin is. I don't know one of these that, days. I don't. I don't know that that woman. A, necess a necessary queer storyline. Did you get that my you little pun, Kiki Palmer? Uh, yes, I, I did get that. <laughs> I don't know that woman. Sorry to sorry to this woman. Sorry to yeah. this woman. Well, sorry to this woman. All right. Well, moving on. Yesterday was quite a day in Trumpland. Here's a treat from the New York Times. President Trump's push. A President Trump pushed Australia's Prime Minister to help Attorney General William Barr in an investigation intended to rebut the Mueller inquiry. And the tweet continues, like the call with the Ukrainian president, the discussion with Prime Minister Scott Morrison of Australia shows President Trump using high-level diplomacy to advance his personal political interests. And the hits keep coming. Here's a tweet from Alex Mallon. It's not just Australia. A Department of Justice official tells ABC that Attorney General Barr asked President Trump to initiate introductions between him and the leaders of Australia and Italy. Official confirmed Barr's trip last week to Italy was related to his review of the Russia investigation. Oh, and one last one. Here's a tweet from Axios. House Democrats have subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani to produce documents related to Trump's alleged efforts to push the government of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. Ooh. 
Joining us to unpack all of that is BuzzFeed News senior editor and reporter Hayes Brown. Good morning. Morning, guys. <laughs> Thank you. At least you're here today to not talk about nuclear war. Let's think about the silver yeah, lining. Yeah, the levels, I guess. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. Well, let's jump into Ukraine. Giuliani has been subpoenaed. Walk us through why and what can we expect there? So while serving as Trump's personal lawyer, not a lawyer for the White House, not a lawyer for the State Department or the campaign, uh, Giuliani uh, attempted to find evidence that not only was was the Mueller investigation wrong about its conclusion that Russia had impact on the 2016 election and was attempting to influence that election. He was also trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Now, those two things are bad. What brought them to the current point is the president's phone call, as we all know at this point, with Zelensky, where he made very clear that he wanted these two things on the agenda in order for... Uh, Ukraine to continue getting the military assistance that it has been getting from the United States. So all of these things are not great. Rudy Giuliani has been out there promoting a ton of conspiracy theories, like there's a secret DNC server in Ukraine uh, where all of Hillary's emails are, that it was actually Ukraine who hacked the election in 2016. All of these things come from like the deep, scary parts of the internet. They bubbled up to Giuliani. Giuliani's taking them to Trump. And now he's going to have to turn over documents related to that to Congress as they look into uh, whether President Trump abused his office in order to get dirt on a political opponent. Okay, so you mentioned uh, Giuliani making the rounds. I think I even recall seeing a video of him holding up uh, screenshots of text messages. <laughs> yes. He's taken us on uh, quite the journey. Um, but what will happen to Giuliani if he doesn't comply uh, with the subpoena? Well, Congress is done playing, it seems, uh, because in the letter to Giuliani, as well as in another letter to Pompeo, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, asking for documents related to this, they, uh, the chairman of three House committees made very clear that not complying with this could be seen as evidence of obstruction of justice. Like, they're just laying it out on the line. Like, hey, guys, if you don't cooperate with us right now, that's going to be an obstruction charge when we come to impeachment and uh, articles of impeachment. So that's a risk that I highly doubt that Giuliani and Pompeo want to take. So I'm guessing Congress is going to see these docu documents. So you mentioned Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and we know now that he's reportedly on the call. What could possibly happen to him, depending on how this kind of plays out today? Man, Mike Pompeo, he was like very sure that he was going to get to ride off into the sunset, run for Senate in Kansas, leave all of this behind him. Now, politically, he's even more tied to Trump than ever, and that's probably not a good sign for him. So the report from the Wall Street Journal was that, yes, he was one of the officials who was listening in on this call with Zelensky. When he made the rounds on the Sunday shows recently, though, and was asked about the call. Pompeo was like, ah, I haven't seen the complaint. He kind of dodged his way around it. So if this bears out, if Pompeo was one of the people who was on the call when Trump said, hey, can you do us a favor and asked for aid in looking into the 2016 election again and uh, asked for dirt on Joe Biden's son, then that's really damaging for Pompeo. Okay, so there are clearly a lot of dots to connect from yesterday. Um, I want to circle back to Australia and Italy, which mm -hmm. we mentioned. Um, how and why do they come into play? So back in May, the attorney general was asked by the president to investigate the investigation, to look into the origins of the Mueller investigation. Barr himself, when testifying to Congress, has said he thinks that there was spying involved, uh, a conspiracy theory that is yet to be uh, found out, that spying was involved against the Trump campaign. So Barr opened this investigation, handed it off to to a DOJ lawyer, but as these reports show, he's been getting very involved in the process himself in this, again, an investigation meant to uh, discredit both the FBI, which is under the DOJ, which Attorney General Barr runs, as well as the intelligence community as a whole, because this investigation is about saying, look, 
we know that the story out there is that Russia is the ones who hacked the 2016 election. Our theory is, what if it wasn't? Mm. Well, Hayes, before we let you go, I have to ask the big question of the hour, and that is, we're seeing a very clear pattern in practice here on Trump's part of using his office to influence a lot of things around him. But is all of this an impeachable offense? So I think that the answer that House Democrats say is yes. Not only is this an impeachable offense under the law in terms of campaign finance law, where you know you are getting something of tangible value, in this case, dirt on Joe Biden's opponent, uh, that is something you have to report, and to not do so is a violation of campaign finance law, but also just politically, it's a really bad look to be going for, to tell the attorney general to go to foreign governments and their intelligence agencies to discredit U.S. intelligence agencies and their conclusions. That's just not great. And I think that Democrats feel like, unlike the Mueller investigation, this is something that they can easily and clearly explain to the American people. The president used the power of his office to direct the Department of Justice, as well as his personal lawyer, to go to Ukraine and other countries and pressure them to exonerate him more fully about Russia in 2016 and to get dirt on a political opponent. That's pretty cut and dry compared to the Mueller report. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Hayes, and walking us through this messy-ass situation. Messy yes. AF. <laughs> Yet another week where this is uh, all-consuming. So. It will not stop. We go lower and lower, <laughs> lower. and lower. Yes. <laughs> well, here's a tweet from Shannon Watts. A judge has ruled a jury can consider the Castle Doctrine, basically a stand-your-ground law, during deliberations to determine whether a Texas woman should be punished for entering the wrong apartment and fatally shooting an unarmed black man. Here's a tweet from Pat Blanchfield. Cannot say this enough. All of gun power's ostensibly universal buzzwords of gun-related freedoms, from self-defense to stand-your-ground, conceal fundamentally racialized and spatialized hierarchies of human disposability. The Amber Geiger trial over the killing of Botham Jean is the first time I heard Castle Doctrine, so we wanted to dig a little deeper into what these laws mean and how they'll impact this case. Senior correspondent for Vox, Herman Lopez, tweeted that stand your ground laws are bad, and he's joining us now to discuss his story on research into them. Good morning. Hi, thanks for having me. So Castle Doctrine and stand your ground laws are different. What's the distinction between them? So the, the basic difference is that standard ground laws apply in essentially any setting. So normally you have what's called this duty to retreat. So you are required by the law to have um, to try everything but using force before when you're presented with a, a situation you think might be risky. Standard ground laws essentially remove that duty to retreat so you can, well, stand your ground. Uh, and Castle Doctrine is basically that concept as well, except it only applies on your property. So think your home or your car or something along those lines. Mm. So a lot of people yesterday were comparing these two things, but how is Stand Your Ground just an expansion of Castle Doctrine? Sure, so I mean, if you, if you think about it logically, Castle Doctrine applies just in your home, car, and so on. Stand Your Ground essentially opens that up everywhere. So if you're in the grocery store, you can stand your ground. You don't, you can just, you don't have a duty to retreat anymore if you're confronted by a situation. And particularly in Florida, we've seen a few stories like this, a Trayvon Martin case that happened technically in a public space, um, even though the standard ground was not ultimately used as, in, as part of that legal defense, it, it was technically like it was consumed in the in the news coverage of that. And we've also seen that in, in some recent shootings as well in grocery stores and other public settings. So that's really the key difference is Castle Doctrine is supposed to apply only in your home. Um, obviously, in this Geiger case, it's a bit different since she wasn't actually in her home, but that that's kind of what the general concept is. 
Yeah, so you also mentioned Trayvon Martin, which I think is the first time that I was introduced to stand your ground laws. Um, how prevalent are castle doctrine laws? I imagine this is an introduction to them for a lot of people. They're, they're much more common than stand your ground laws. Generally, um, they go back to English common law. So the, in, in some ways, they precede the, the U.S. entirely. But uh, some states have adopted them. And uh, in general, they're more common just because the, the logic, I think, is supposed to be that you should be allowed to defend yourself and you don't have a duty to retreat within your own home. Mm. So let's talk about the uh, research you covered regarding stand your ground laws. How do they actually lead to more homicides? Well, the the way that it, it seems to work is that people just feel like they can uh, act out offenses. So, so let's say you're confronted in a situation. You you know that the law requires you to run away, like you have a duty to retreat. If you, there's a standard ground law in place or a castle doctrine law in your place, you know that's not the case. So you know you can just, if you have a gun, you can pull it out and shoot someone, and, and that's it. And based on the research, that seems to be what's happened. There's There's now been a bunch of studies um, some pretty like rigorous, like not not that flawed in any way methodol methodologically that show that, yes, they, they lead to more homicides because it turns out that if you essentially give people legal permission to kill someone, they'll they'll use it more often. Hmm. Um, I want to bring this back to the Amber Geiger trial. Um, one of the big things that people have been remarking about is that it wasn't her castle. This didn't mm -hmm. happen in her home. Um, so what do you think viewers should keep in mind uh, with the continuing deliberations in that trial um, about stand your ground laws and castle doctrine? I'm, I'm curious in general just how, how if, if the defense works. I mean, I know that the judge is allowing it technically, but it, it, it seems to me like it's like a lot of the defense and prosecution will focus on trying to um, poke holes in that. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't say for sure. But uh, one thing I have seen just like, observing this trial is that the defense has kind of thrown up a bunch of things time and time again, and they some of them haven't really stuck. So I'm curious if, it, if it'll just stick at all. But at least for now, it does seem like it's, it's something that the defense will move forward with. Okay, well, Hermont, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks all for having me. Coming up, I'm talking with Barry actor and author Henry Winkler. But up next, Zach is reading fire tweets with Tony Hale. It's gonna be hot. <laughs> fire! Fire! Welcome back. This is a special edition of Fire Tweets. I'm joined by two-time Emmy Award-winning actor and comedian Tony Hale, who you know from Arrested Development, Veep, and of course, the voice of Forky in Toy Story 4. Tony is going to help me get through Fire Tweets today. I'm very excited about Fire Tweets. You sound so excited. I am about excited, actually. It's <laughs> well, quite a cool set. It's, it's fun. It's a fun place to be. Really fun. Well, I'm going to go first, and then you're okay. going to just do what I do. Okay. Maybe, but not say what I said. And what's in, what is this? What's it happening? Creates fire, I'll show you. Ah, oh, okay. see, look at that. Wow. Ah, power. <laughs> well, thank you for doing that for me. Boom. Miracoms, you tweeted, the worst part of getting older is when they make a sequel or remake of a movie that came out like yesterday, but then you check mm. and Toy Story 3 came out like 10 years ago, and that's when you realize you have lost your grip on time. Wow. Do you know what? Do I push a button? Not yet. Okay. You're gonna say something. <laughs> I'm just excited about the button. I, um, you know what that makes me think of? When I, in 1995, I moved to New York, and that was when the first Toy Story came out. Wow. So I've been around a little too long. Been, uh, hey, we all have. Because I think bit. it's like 25 years is the franchise. Yeah, and I'm 22. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's your turn now, though. You're gonna oh, hit the button. Yeah, so I hit the button before I do it. Hey, oh. oh. I didn't hit it. There you go. Here You're here. <laughs> Dear, I've read this one. 
I've, oh, sorry. You're here. <laughs> I've read this one. Um, this is uh, Natasha. Near Dear Corporate Hotels, check in 4 p.m. and check out at 11 a.m. Are you sure you even want us to stay? Here's the deal. That is kind of true. Yeah. I do love a hotel stay, but you know how you kind of ask for an early check-in or you ask for a late check-out and they get kind of angry? 4 p.m.? It's that's an intense time to ask somebody to arrive. Like, what if you're playing? Um, guys, don't get me on a soapbox. You're, I mean, get you're me passionate about this. We should go protest hotels thank together. You, thank you. Thank you. I think you. they'll listen to you. Me, I do love so a, I do love a good hotel stay. I really do. But if you fly in early, you know, you just kind of you go. You, you, I know you check your bags. This just sounds like <laughs> such a. Just sit at the bar. These you are first the world problems, you everyone. <laughs> a vodka martini. Yeah. Right up. All right, Sam, you tweet it. <laughs> You say Tony, and you get all excited for Tony Hell winning in Veep's final season, but it's actually Tony Shalhoub, and you get real sad. <laughs> oh, oh. This was me on Emmy. Well, night. not sad for Tony Shalhoub. That was very uh, I mean, I was congrats excited to him. for Tony Shalhoub. But the Twitter wants you. Oh, well, that's very nice. I will say, I would, that night, we were, you know, because obviously the show's done, mm-hmm. and we were, but we were so excited to be together, because mm-hmm. we hadn't, because around this time, we were supposed to be shooting season, not, we were supposed to be shooting, we were, typically would be shooting so we were just excited to hang out. Yeah. So I think our expectations were. God, do you all hang low. out a lot offset now? Do you have a we, group chat that's really hot? We do have a group chat. Our last group chat was, um, ironically, about the state of uh, something Trump said. So we typically kind of go on a bit of a hilarious rant. Which on, is perfect for you text. all. Yeah. Y'all know a lot about politics. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, here's the last tweet. We're going to do it together. So okay, we're going to count to three, two, one, and we're going to hit. Ready? Okay. Uh-huh. Three, two, one. Yeah! Oh, uh, okay. Let me tell you right now. This yeah, you're reading this one. This is truth. <laughs> With and without good light. <laughs> well, let's just be honest. It's true. That's, that's great. This and you true. look great in this lighting. Thank you so much. No. Like, cut to everything goes out and you're like, ah! We're like, oh my God, Tony. Yeah, the lights go on. Well, let's get to know you a little bit more. We have a tweet here from Liam, which I'm going to read. Knowing that the voice of Forky was none other than Tony Hale makes me love Forky Aww. even more from Toy Story 4. Why do you think people really love Forky Oh. So First of all, thanks, Liam. Um, I just, Forky, oh man, he was such, he is such a great character. He's totally didn't understand the rules of the universe. Like when all the toys would drop down, mm-hmm. he'd just look around and be like, why are you guys dropping to the ground? What's going on? <laughs> he, he seed everything simply. I love that he was made very simply. Mm-hmm. He was like a sport, googly eyes, pipe cleaners. And he just had this real fresh outlook on life. And I feel like he asks questions that a lot of us want to ask, you know? Mm, it's a, just, he's a really, he was a, he was a good, good, good guy. Okay. So, you know, you've said that your daughter can't watch a lot of your work, which I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Toy Story 4. And, and in middle school, I don't think Veep is the best choice. Yeah, I don't think so either. Mm. But Toy Story 4 is something you could share with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. What was it like sharing that experience? That was really fun. I mean, we, she came to the premiere with me. And so it was really special just to kind of her see, because I mean, Honestly, here's the thing. The voice, the voice cast I see is like a very small slice of the pie. Mm-hmm. Most of the pie is the tremendous amount of work of these animators and the labor of love that they put into this movie. But it was fun just to have her, you know, talk to her about it. And she was able to go to Pixar with me when mm-hmm. I would record and see behind the scenes and see what all these people do. So the whole experience was a blast to do with her. I'm sure. And it must be so special to be like, bring my daughter to work day when your yeah. work is a kid's movie. Yeah. And there's like free lunch at Pixar, which is like, I mean, that was the best there part of the know. day. God, I'm going to go work at Pixar. Yeah. Bye, BuzzFeed. See yeah. y'all later. Today's <laughs> so the day. This, this is where I go for food. That makes sense. <laughs> so you've played a lot of hilarious characters from oh, to Arrested Development. Who do you get recognized most from on the street? Or which character do people call out to you? 
Uh, Buster's a Buster's a favorite. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll get screamed. Um, where's your hand? <laughs> <laughs> or where you have a hand? Um, like I get hey brother a lot on the street. Um, but it's fun. The thing that I love is when fans come up and and say something. I love it because I'd forget a lot of the show. Uh huh. So I like for them to say, oh, remember when Buster did this and this and this? And I'm like, I really don't. Please tell me because it sounds funny. And so it's fun to share that That's, with them. So your Arrested Development co-star, Henry Winkler, is here. Oh, did they tell I know. you? I just saw him. He's, he's just great. Saw him. He's the sweetest man. So give me your favorite memory from working with him on the show. Oh, the thing that Henry, you know, I came into, Arrested Development was my very first uh, kind of big gig. I had done commercials mm -hmm. many years in New York. And I moved to LA and I was very overwhelmed. And Henry Winkler, to me, was such an example of a man who had tremendous integrity, was kind, gracious, and he, he was in the business for a very long time. And it really showed me, it's like, oh, that's possible. That's mm. possible to be that man of character and to have that kind of integrity and still have longevity in the business. Have you heard of the term possibility model? No. Laverne Cox coined it, and that's what that just reminded me of. Oh, People really? who you look at, you're like, I can get there. They yeah. give you like a roadmap. He's just, he just has such a character of just kindness, and I just, I love him to death. Oh my God, well, I can't wait for, he's going to be on soon, yep. guys, so stay tuned. But before I let you go, because we're running out of time, I want to play a little game oh, with you. Oh, I love games. Um, are these some, involved or not? Yes, these are okay, not involved, good. actually. Okay. We've had some of your castmates uh, come on and name as many vice presidents within 10 seconds okay. as possible. Are you uh, ready for this challenge? I'm not, I'm not, I'm I, not. This is going to show <laughs> My real lack of wisdom, guys. All right, we're gonna do it really quick. All right, we're gonna start the uh, climber timer. Okay. In three, no, this is gonna go viral. Two, it's gonna be bad. No, it's gonna be great. One, go. Hold on, um, Biden. Um, okay. <laughs> then come back to set. No, I'm not, all my anxiety is is rising to the surface. Uh, okay, well, hold on. No, no. there we go. Who guys? do you think got the most? Uh, you can actually read. I think. Um, uh, who who got the most? Well, that makes sense. Anna yeah. Klumski. Yeah, got five. Reed Scott got three. Timothy Scott. I got one, guys. <laughs> I got one because I got overwhelmed with my own anxiety, and I apologize. It's fine. I, I'm in we, therapy for this. We tried to play it before, and I was like, Biden and Gore. That's it. That's uh, it. Well, thank you so much for being This is just a sad <laughs> day on set. <laughs> oh my God, thank you for, so much for Thanks, being here. Thanks, brother. Oh, it's that a great so time so All right, and Toy Story 4 is available today on digital and coming to Blu-ray October 8th. Up next, Alex is talking to Emmy winner Henry Winkler. I'm joined now by legendary actor and Emmy winner, Henry Winkler. You know him from Barry, Arrested Development, and so many more. And he's also written 29 children's books. His newest one is Alien Superstar. Welcome, you got it right here. I do, I'm never without my book. I like that it matches. Thank you, yes. It's part that of the was, scheme uh, that's necessary. Yeah. There's a, a color scheme. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about this book. Yes. Um, of course, your first series, Henry Zipser, was uh, yes. loosely based on your childhood. And Not loosely. loosely. Uh, it, the emotionality of Hank Zipser is totally me at uh, eight, nine, and 10 failing. Uh, the humor is uh, completely fabricated and, and blown up. This one is a completely different yes. character. A repressive planet, the, the small red dwarf planet. And at 13, every citizen is cut off from their uh, love and their, able, uh, their ability to receive culture. Smell, sight, um, taste, sight and view. I said sight already, I'm so nervous. 
Okay. And then he gets into a <laughs> rocket built by his grandmother and lands on the back lot of Universal Studios. And I don't know how this happens. He becomes an actor on a sitcom on Universal. Okay, so how, how do you go from your previous series to then an alien thrust into Hollywood? Okay, so um, the day that the publisher of Hank Zipser said, you know, I don't think we're gonna do any more Hanks, is a great motivator, and it just kicks you right into a new idea. So I love um, anything paranormal. I did a show called Sightings for seven years. Children love aliens, and they also love the idea of the red carpet, of stardom, uh, of what the, the glamorous life must be. So we put those two together because my partner, Lynn Oliver, has written and produced for 11 years uh, television and movies. Mm. So you mentioned that uh, this alien, whose name is Buddy Berger, yes. um, comes from this kind of oppressive uh, planet. Yes. Um, were you inspired by any current events? I, you know what? It's so possible. But um, uh, uh, while we were writing it, it is uh, that people uh, are quieted. Uh, in order to not cause a stir, and that must not happen anywhere in the world. Mm. Well, you've actually you've tweeted about politics um, a fair amount, and I want to read this tweet from before the 2018 midterms. You tweeted, I just thought of a birthday gift. All of you voting in just a few days. Thank you in advance. Well, my daughter is, <laughs> is part of the group. Uh, I am a voter, uh, Zoe, uh, and... Voting is going to be our our real our refuge, um, our our hope. Uh, everybody needs to vote and not think, ah, somebody else is going to do that for us. Mm. Looking ahead to 2020, yes. have you already thought of what a birthday gift could be for you next year when folks go to the polls? Is there a candidate or someone that they could vote for that would make you happy? Do you know what? I, I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm watching. There are two or three human beings um, uh, that will be incredible. Uh, as the president of the United States, who literally cares about how the country was built. Mm -hmm. Well, here's another tweet. This one's from Faye. Good morning, everyone. I'm cheering for you all like Henry Winkler cheered for Bill Hader after winning his Emmy. And you can see that photo right there. Okay, okay, can I just say, first of all, if you knew Bill, you would cheer for him too. <laughs> and number two, I'm gonna give you some advice. If you're on the red carpet, if you're in LA, and it is Indian summer, do not wear velvet, because it was so hot, I couldn't believe it. I can I only good. imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you look sharp. I, you are I, working I, that I suit, you know? I look sharp, but why velvet? I was crazy. Well, I, I want to I know, like, um, it seems like you guys all have a real genuine love for each other on Without the set of Barry. How does that compare with other sets? Like, is it really that everyone just gets along so well? Do you know so well? that I, uh, you cannot act for and by yourself. And you, you need um, someone uh, to be right there with you. Uh, Bill is a great acting partner. Uh, Sarah Goldberg, who was also nominated. Uh, Steven Root, who was also nominated, uh, was a great acting partner at the end of this second season. They make you who you are. They take your imagination and they shoot it off like a rocket. Without a good acting partner, you're standing there thinking, I have to now do double work. I'm doing what my character needs and what I need you to do in order to make my character come alive. Mm. 
it's not so much fun. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your character, Kusuno. Um, he ha- both has really funny lines, but is yes. also wrestling with um, some really intense things. What are the challenges of playing a character like that? The challenge is to just keep him in the box of real, because I do say some outlandish things. I do have some outlandish points of view. And to keep him as a real human being, and one of the great compliments of my life, other actors say, I know that teacher. I had that teacher. Is there a teacher that has stuck with you like that? I had 14 teachers. and 14. uh, uh, I had the great, uh, late uh, Stellar Adler. I'm at Yale. I'm in the drama class. Our job was to create a garden. Winkler. (laughs) I got up. I opened the, the picket fence. I said, and here are the... And she said, sit down. You see nothing. I, my, my forget-me-nots are right there. <laughs> my variegated tulips. I'm, you, you be quiet. You know, so you, you take from everything you know. That would terrify me. It was terrifying. I, would be, I don't know if I would ever be able to act again. I'm telling you, I <laughs> bounced back. You know why? I see my life as a weeble wobble. You know, you, you, you knock it over and it comes right back to center. That is the way you get where you want to go. I love that. I want to talk about something else you've worked on. Go ahead. Arrested Development. With Tony, Tony. Tony Hale. Tony was Hale just was here. just here singing your praises. What's your favorite memory of working with him and working on that show? Okay. So the show is funny. And the show is complex. It is like three dimensions. And we had not only a great time together, but all of a sudden, Mitch Hurwitz would come up to you and say, no, 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 don't say that. Say say this. And it was funnier than the funny thing you were about to say. It, the, the writing was exceptional. Oh, well, we must talk but about... Tony, how cute Tony, is he? Tony, yes. Oh Delightful. Delightful. Well, we must talk about um, something else that you are up to uh, before we go. I'm only um, up to about five, well, six and a half. I mean... <laughs> Not a lot. I'm not up to a lot. But seriously, in addition to being an actor and an author, you're also an avid fisherman. We looked at, we caught some of some of these photos. How'd you get into that? Okay, so my my first lawyer in Hollywood, Skip Brittenham the third, said, "I'm taking you and Stacy, my wife, now of 41 years. Uh, We're going on a trip to Montana to fly fish for trout. And no pun intended, I was hooked." Uh, It is uh, like a washing machine for your brain. You are in a beautiful place. The sound of rushing water is the most pleasing sound to mankind or womankind. And then you catch it and you you take a, a picture with this majestic fish. I sign a laminated picture put it in its mouth and I'm hanging in nests <laughs> in rivers all over the West. Wow. Because you mean, never know when they're going to get cable. I, I just, I don't even know how you have time to, to go fishing between all of the things that you're working on, but it has been so much fun getting to talk to you about everything. Thank you. Yeah. No tweets, no fired. No, no fired tweets, sadly. No vice that's, presidents. That's it. Nothing. That's it. it. <laughs> Thank you, you so much for joining I'm me. I'm so happy. Can I? Oh, of course. Wow, I really had a good time. Oh, great. I'm so glad. Well, Alien Superstar is available. I feel buzzy, and I feel that you fed me. That's great. This is definitely, like, the best outro I've ever gotten from a guest before. Thank you. Yes, definitely. But you've got great energy. Oh, thank you so much. I'm stopping you from saying so. (laughs) I'm trying to tell the people where they can get your book. Yes. Well, Alien Superstar is available in stores now. More AM to DM is up next. 
Here's a tweet from Coldplay Extra that had us all shook yesterday. Ryan Tedder of One Republic says, We have one song on our upcoming album featuring Beyonce and Adele with a Chris Martin piano solo in the bridge. However, last night we found out this was a joke. Here's a tweet from Popcrave. Ryan Tedder of One Republic clarifies that there will not be a collaboration with Adele, Beyonce, and Chris Martin on the group's new album. Womp. Break womp. my heart. Why don't you? You know, we, you had to have known this was coming due to the fact that it leaked. Wait a second. Wait it a leaked. second. Wait and this a is second. why we should have never believed it. Because when I heard this news, I knew I should not let my joy get that high. Especially in the day in which Trump just continues to get away with so much. <laughs> I don't have that much <laughs> luck as he does. Okay, so I feel like everyone has kind of been like, when I said that I a little bit fell for this, yes. they were just like, how could you? Mm-hmm. But like, Okay, just bear with me. Because, okay, walk me through your okay, rationale. So this guy wrote Halo, okay. and he also wrote Rumor Has It. So to me, there is some element of this where it is like maybe uh-huh. plausible that he's penned some other kind of song for these two. I think the thing that should have given away is the Chris Martin element. Like exactly. clearly, yes. clearly he was messing around with us with, because with you, that. You know, Chris Martin has done a song with Beyonce, which is lovely and wonderful. You probably don't remember, and that's fine. <laughs> it was underwater. But Adele and Beyonce love each other. Deeply, You know, they've had the moment at the Grammys where Adele dedicated her win to Beyonce. So we know it will happen one day. They're big fans. They hang out. I think Beyonce went to her birthday this year. So good girlfriends. And good girlfriends do things together. But when it happens, we will not see it coming. It will just hit us in the face and we will all pass out and die. And that's the end of the world. That's how the world ends. <laughs> Adele, just, uh, and Adele, Adele and Beyonce. <laughs> just, there, there could be nothing better than that. So that's just when everything will peak. Yes. But I think what was amazing about the tweet yesterday or that this news was breaking is that people began to dream like, what would be the collaboration that would make you really excited? And we had, you know, Lizzo and Missy Elliott this year. So the idea of a Beyonce Adele moment, you know, the energy's there. We could see it happen. So I, I mean, it made us all start thinking about like, who would ours be if it happened? And well, who would yours be? Okay, so I want to do like kind of an intergenerational mm-hmm. across the genres type of thing. So I'm thinking like a Stevie Nicks and mm. Lizzo situation, like- or maybe like Stevie Nicks and Janelle Monae. Oh, yeah. I like that because you know why? Stevie Nicks did a collaboration with <sighs> Destiny's Show. Which I, you, you also just told me today. Bootylicious. That yeah. beginning, that, no, 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 that, that's, that doesn't we don't, sound I'm like, like that. I'm like, you can't but. sing it because we don't have the rights to this music <laughs> on this show. Watch me get sued today. <laughs> what would yours be? Oh, oh my God. I like the Stevie Nicks and Lizzo collab. I would say Rihanna and Lizzo. Oh, yeah, that would be... Like, we're just wanting yeah. Lizzo to keep doing everything. I also feel like that one might happen because yep. they both, like, tweeted at each other. And, and Rihanna loves her before. and posts does, about yeah. her. We're going to make that happen now. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's take it to the timeline. We want to hear what your dream collaboration would be. Tweet us using the hashtag am to dm Later on, we are talking with meme queen Sky Jackson about her new book. Stay tuned. Here's a tweet from Mystic Healing. Libra season is here to bring romance, good business opportunities, partnerships, and pretty things. Happy Venus Month. And Ignacia Fulter, BuzzFeed writer and self-professed astrology enthusiast, joins me now. Happy season. Happy Happy Libra season. As a Leo. As a Leo. And as a Leo rising. As a Leo rising. I think this is a good season for us. I feel like it is. The air energy is is there. It's there. We're ready to kiki. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, for folks who don't know, how would you describe Libra season? So, I would describe Libra season as a time to communicate, to be social, um, you know, to go ahead and focus on love and beauty and Mm -hmm. makeup and just looking as fabulous as possible because um, Libra is ruled by Venus along with Taurus. So, you know, those things is is really what they take 
for, you know, very, very seriously. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, the season I read before you came on mm-hmm. is defined by, you know, by flirting and of by course. friendship and connection. Of course. So what are your little suggestions for people to take advantage of this right. season? So I say definitely shoot your shot. <laughs> <laughs> Libra season is the beginning, well, you know, the beginnings of cuffing season. Okay. So definitely shoot your shot with, you know, your wannabe bae. Okay. Um, you know, but, you know, do it kind of coyly, you know, be mm-hmm. like, you know, I think that maybe we should go out. Um, if you want... <laughs> so should be like, oh, it's Libra season. We're supposed to be together now. Right, right, right. Just be like, you know, like, I really want to go to brunch. So let's go to brunch. Or, you mm-hmm. know, like, let's go to that museum. Let's do that. That would be great. If you feel like you need to catch up with friends, definitely okay. do that. Um, um, actually, just last night, me and my friend, who have kind of been slacking, we've uh-huh. both been scrubs, we decided <laughs> <laughs> that we were going to make plans. You know, I'm a Leo. She's a Capricorn. Okay. We're like, you know what? We're going to make plans right now to go to brunch this Sunday because we haven't seen each other in weeks. So let's do that now. So if you have friends that you haven't seen in a while, definitely do it. Do Are that. you actually going to show up to brunch, though? Oh, see, we're making reservations. <laughs> so, like, that was the thing because we were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's hang out. And then weeks would pass and we're like... What the hell? Like, we haven't seen each other. Okay, in so, so you're going to commit to it. Right, so time. we're going to commit. So that's also another thing. Don't overcommit for Libra season. Okay. Libras are about, you know, flitting and flotting and doing a whole bunch of things and, you know, being social. But don't book your calendar for a whole bunch of things, like five things in one day, mm-hmm. because you know you're not going to do it. And then, like air signs, you know, they wind up ghosting or flaking. <sighs> oh, so, so is this like a that. good, because, you know, I'm really trying to figure out this cuffing stuff. Right. So you're saying, shoot my shot, right. but don't shoot it too many times with this person. Right. Be like, let's have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right, commit, but don't overcommit. Okay. Commit, but don't overcommit. This so really hard. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, just put feelers out there and see if, you know, they decide to take it. Okay. It's all about communication because they're an air sign. Okay. You so know, so if they're digging your vibes and you're digging their vibes, then, like, go on a casual date. Oh. But don't, you know, go ahead and commit and be like, you're my love of my life and we need to get married right now. Don't okay, do so do not propose in Libra season. Do just not propose in Libra date. season. All right. Right. So... <laughs> Before this segment, I had to Google some celebrities who are Libras and who rose to the top was Miss Kim Kardashian West. And I do think she embodies a lot of what I think a Libra is, Mm -hmm. which, you know, she's married to Mr. Kanye West. Who is a Gemini. Really? Yeah, he's a Gemini. This makes all of the sense. It makes so much sense once you think about it. Okay, so Gemini and Libra together. But my question for you before you go, (laughs) would you as a Leo date a Libra? Oh, absolutely. Oh my God, why? Because, well, fire signs and air signs get along like bread and butter, like peanut butter and jelly. So it makes a lot of sense. That communication with Mm -hmm. that fire, I decide to go, you know, okay, well, we should go on that date. And a Libra is like, yeah, let's do it. And then let's take selfies together because we love doing that because we look cute together. Okay. So there you go. What about a Pisces? My- a Pisces, I would do. A Pisces, I would do. But you guys take a little too long. And then as, as <laughs> Pisces men, they don't, you know, try to go ahead and take that initiative. So, you know, I, I would be open to dating a Pisces for people. If would, we asked. Because cuffing season is ready and it's time. Wow, girl, I you mean, just changed my life. Right. I so should ask. You wow. should ask that okay. person out. Well, Ignacio, thank you so much <laughs> for being here. Thank you. This has been, you know, as always, a great pleasure for me <sighs> Love to it. Uh, use you as a vehicle to understand why I'm single. <laughs> but, <laughs> up We're next, single. <laughs> girl, okay. both are. Up next, Alex and I are chatting with Sky Jackson. Here 
Here's a treat from Master XP. Having Sky Jackson on your timeline is literally the best thing that could happen. And joining us now is actor Sky Jackson, who's going from the timeline to the library with her new book, Reach for the Sky, How to Inspire, Empower, and Clap Back. And we love your clapbacks, girl. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here today. No, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Of course, of course. So this book is meant to be a guide for your young uh, Gen Z fans. Um, was there something that you struggled with when you were younger that you wanted to share with them? Yeah, I struggled with a lot in my life when it came to bullying, um, colorism, just everything. And people really don't know that side of me and never knew that. So I wanted to put it all in a book so people could learn from it, get advice from it, and hopefully be inspired by it. Mm. Are there any Gen Z or other young folks out there who really inspire you? Yeah, um, Chloe and Haley definitely inspire me. Zendaya, Justine Skye, they're all amazing, beautiful. Um, we, st we stand all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I know, Chloe they're, and they're Haley. <laughs> yes, um, and I'm so glad they're like my friends. So I'm de I definitely look up to them as well. All right, well, speaking of friends, you were recently in Lil Nas X's new music video, yes. Panini. Yes. What was it like working with him? It was so fun. Um, his team reached out to me to be in the video, and I was, like, so shocked. I was like, what? I was like, Panini? And then <laughs> I did the video, and he's he's just so nice, down to earth. Um, he's like how you see him on Instagram. He's just, like, a goofy, funny guy. And it was a three-day shoot, but it went well. And it was my first music video, so that was pretty, wow. yeah, pretty exciting. Well, people are already memeing some of your reactions uh, about this video. Um, and of course, being made into a meme is not a new experience <laughs> no. for you. Um, everyone knows that uh, iconic photo of you backstage at, uh, I think it was Good Day New yeah, York. Yeah, Good it Day was New York. Even compared to um, Beyonce. Yeah. So do you have a favorite meme of yourself, I guess, that's been out there? Um, I would. I, I was gonna say the Beyonce. There was one of Beyonce and Kobe Bryant, and it was like oh, yeah. a child, and there was we were like all sitting the same. So that was like the funniest one I saw. <laughs> Did you imagine yourself as their child? Were you like, yes, that would be me? Um, I hope it would be me. I wish it was. <laughs> I wish. Beyonce is my mother. We dream, I dream of that too sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, here we have a tweet from Dribble. Uh, they write, the best part about the Sky Jackson versus Azalea Banks beef was that Sky didn't use any cuss words or derogatory language and still one. So, girl, how did you come up with that iconic clapback? Um, I don't know. I was just me. I was 14 at the time. So I just said what I had to say, quick and easy, not mm -hmm. too much thought in it. Like, I, it wasn't like a planned thing. Um, but yeah, it worked out in my favor. It so. sure did. I mean, you won. Like, you won mm -hmm. point as a zero. <laughs> there we go. Uh -huh. But, you know, how do you know when it's the perfect time to clap back? Because, you know, you have to be really considerate yeah. about when to deploy such a fierce talent that you, you have. You have to be specific, like, you know, careful with it. But... For me, I just feel like if it's not that important, I'm just gonna, it's gonna pass my shoulder, not even care. But if it was something like that, and then, you know, it was just a bigger thing, I'm just gonna answer, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it in the most polite way that I could. Hmm. So you mentioned that politeness. Um, you're actually gonna be honored at uh, TLC's Give a Little Awards to celebrate your anti-bullying work. Yes. How do you kind of toe the line between um, knowing when to clap back and making sure it doesn't cross into something that, you know, might be seen as bullying or a little bit mean? Yeah, for me, if I have to like double guess it a bunch of times, then I won't do it. It's like I go with my gut. But if I feel like it's right and I feel like if it's appropriate, and sometimes like I'll ask other people, I'm like, do you think this is okay mm -hmm. to say? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Then I'll do it. 
Hey, that's a really everyone. I'm listen. like everybody. Seriously, <laughs> please, all of Twitter and ask your friends and mom. Check it. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine us sexing our moms? Like, I mom, mean, I might have to. You know, yeah. I, I feel like it, it, it's sage advice. Oh, <laughs> mom, here we go. We're gonna be texting you now. <laughs> well, you know, you are turning 18 next April, which mm-hmm. means you're going to be eligible to participate in the 2020 election. Yeah. Are you uh, paying attention to this election cycle, and who is making you excited for next year? Um, you know, I'm really excited to get Trump out of office. Hopefully. Um, but I like um, Bernie Sanders. I love him. So uh-huh. hopefully he takes a win. I'm not sure. But anyone but Trump and I'm fine. All right. <laughs> well, before uh, you go, of course, we have to talk about some of your hilarious tweets. So we're going to play um, a little game where we're going to read you one of those tweets. And then we have a paddle where you're going to tell us if you are being shady. That's this one. Uh-huh. Or sweet. That's okay. This one. That one. You got okay. it? Okay. All right, so we'll start off with this tweet. Y'all better leave me out of this. I was being shady. <laughs> I'm like, it was the whole 6 9 thing, and I'm like, no, like, do not involve me in this. I'm not in the gang. I, don't, I want no involvement in it. So I was definitely being shady with that. I'm very understanding. <laughs> very. Smartly, you do not want to be hauled into court to no. testify, I'm sure. No, I do not. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, so we have another tweet from you that says, I get annoyed when people double text me. I didn't answer for a reason. I'm being shady because it's like, for me, it's like, I'll answer when I'm available. Like, don't text me like five times. Mm-hmm. And there's just some people who keep doing it. And I, I never do that. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, on. they don't get it. You got to put that message out there. <laughs> well, here's another tweet. My intentions will always be pure. I don't have time to be a whack person. I was being sweet because that's really how I feel. Like, I'll never be a whack person. Like, my intentions are always sweet and to be polite. So mm. that's just me. Sweet. There we go. All right. So we have one that refers to me, I believe. <laughs> I just, the male brain, uh, are y'all okay? Because <laughs> you are not, but some are just Thank not. You. Their elevators just don't go all the way I up. Mean, it's just for real. It's I like, feel like this forever mood. Put this on a t-shirt for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. come on now. But the elevators don't go all the way up. I just, the elevators go all the way. Earth goes all the way I'm going to text the men after this to say that. That was so good. Your elevator girl does not go all the way up. Well, Sky, thank you so much for being this here today. so much fun. Thank you. And congrats on this beautiful book. You are really, this is just so yeah. proud of you. And we just met. Well, Reach for the Sky is available today wherever books are sold. And up next, we are reading a few of your tweets. Welcome back. Um, how delightful was Sky? She's, I felt like she was my little sister. She makes me just feel encouraged that like the youth are going to be just fine. They really are. And they're also fiercer than we are because some of the A million things percent. she tweets out, I'm like, my wig. <laughs> I also love her advice. Like everyone should just think a little bit more and, yes. you know, have a couple of friends to and share your tweets you have with. a feeling, listen to that feeling and don't do the thing you're going to get in trouble for doing. It's really, really smart advice. Yeah. But, you know, I also have to say, I'm kind of jealous of you, Mr. Henry. Best friend. Are you? He was just so new natural bestie. up here. I was like, you can have my job, girl. This is great. <laughs> He's got to come back for fire tweets. Yes. That would be really fun, right? We joked about it afterwards that he could come on and host the show. And he seemed really interested. So we will see if his team allows that. Because that right. would be, we'll put him right here. New, new co-host. Us. New, new co-host. <laughs> well, we wanted to know, what are you most excited to see in Stranger Things Season 4? Thanos was right, says, Lucas's parents. Huh. All right. Don't that wasn't wasn't the first thing that I that I think I would have uh, 
thought of. But yours is the Rob. Is her name Robin? Robin. Robin. Okay. Yes. Yes. Robin. She was the icon. first openly queer character in Stranger Things, and I just want to see her like find love, just be a badass in other contexts. She worked in a mall, so oh, gotcha. maybe she, she won't al- have to work in a mall anymore. And stay alive, hopefully. Well, oh, I mean, always. But, you know, it's a little bit of a gamble, I think, for a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't they? They die in the show, right? Uh I actually, I have to tell you, I'm not sure that anybody super major it's has like died. Game of Thrones. So, no, it's it's not okay. like that. Mm. No, it's not like that. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll check it out because you're so excited about please it. Please do, please do. We want to say thank you today to our guests, Hayes Brown, Ignacia Fulcher, Herman Lopez, Sky Jackson, Tony Hill, and Henry Winkler. We'll be back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Have a great rest of your day. 